What's up, everybody? Metal Dave here, along with my co-host, Jason McMaster. Welcome to another episode of the Talk Louder podcast. Today, we are joined by two members of the band Fugitive. They are a Texas-based metal band, uh, steeped in old-school metal, hardcore, thrash, crossover, whatever you like to call it, and they are awesome. I love them. They're like my new favorite metal band on the planet right now. We have guitarist Blakey Banez and singer Seth Gilmore on the show today. If you haven't heard Fugitive, they've got an EP out called Maniac. Um, they have a 45 7-inch out. Both of them are so good. And uh, I, living in Texas, have had a chance to see Fugitive live numerous times. And they are just off the hook amazing when it comes to the live show. And we talk also about, uh, as you may know, Blake was formerly in the band Power Trip. And there was a Power Trip reunion here in Austin a couple months ago. Uh, if you pay attention to the internet, you saw about it. It was it was news for weeks, people talking about it. So we get to ask him a little bit about that as well. Well, but, to be clear, it was a fugitive show. Yes. And then it was a little family reunion there. Thank the you for there, clarifying. Which is, yes. which is a fantastic idea, and I'm all for that kinds of things, those kinds of things. I think that it's important. Um, but, yeah, Blake, uh, the journalist and Dave – uh, got in here and ruffled f enough feathers to get uh, Blake to be give a, a strong and honest answer that just makes a lot of sense. And uh, it's not belittling anyone's feelings. It's actually bringing it together, but he does express. So um, yeah. I thought that was really good. Good job on that, Dave. Well, I appreciate Blake being so forthcoming and willing yeah. to talk about it. I, I even framed the question in such a way that he was free to back out of it if he wanted, and I would have totally understood. But I think he did it justice. I think he spoke his mind, and I think yeah. he did it uh, uh, sensitively. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, we've had Blake on the show. This is the third time now. And one of the things I like about him is, is he's he's – I hear, it's almost a cliche, but he's so very well-spoken. He chooses his words carefully. Um, he gets to the point without ruffling a lot of feathers, even when feathers could be ruffled. He has a way of saying things uh, that makes him very likable. He won't ignore the question or run away from it, but he also won't throw dirt on anybody and disparage anybody. So. I, I find, I agree with that. I find it, he's an interesting cat. Uh, I, uh, it was our first time meeting Seth yes. and I, exactly what you just said, think about it. And for a first impression from Seth, he seems to be in the same flock. Did you yeah. notice is he was very much like Blake. He, said what he meant there's no stutter there's no uh, he was a realist uh so uh, it was a great interview and uh i'm i'm glad that uh, good idea dave good idea to get these guys in here to well, shed, shed some light on what what's happening in their lives as well as in fugitive and where they are with uh new material and such yeah exactly it was nice to get to meet seth uh i've seen him live three or four times. He's an amazing front man. His vocals on the recorded stuff sound great. He's the perfect singer for this style of music. And uh, I can't wait for the world to hear him because I think there's going to be a lot of other people who think the same way I do once they get their ears around Fugitive. Blakey Banyas and Seth Gilmore of Fugitive today on the Talk Louder podcast. <laughs> Yeah, this is Blake's uh, third time on the Talk Louder podcast, the first time for Seth. Uh, we're stoked to have you because now you've got some uh, a little bit of miles under your belt as Fugitive and uh, probably a little more to talk about in terms of the band and where you're, where you're going, where you've been. I have to start off with a confession. I, <laughs> you sure you're I, in the right room for that? I, I am, I am. Uh, normally I wouldn't be, but this time I am. I've been pronouncing Blake's last name incorrectly for years now. <laughs> I've been calling him Blake Ibanez, like the electric guitar. And I've come to find out his last, tell us how you pronounce your last name, Blake. You've, you've been too kind to correct me 
the last two times you were on the show, but I want to get it straight and I want the world to know, how do you pronounce your last name? Well, you wouldn't be the first one to do it. I just kind of let people, I let people say it however they want because, you know, I just, uh, like at the bar, it's a little easier when you're talking to the bartender. So I say, Ibanez at the bar, but the real way to say it is Ibanez, like the Spanish pronunciation. Ibanez. Ibanez, yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, I won't get it wrong again, and I apologize for getting it wrong in the past. I'm, I figured once I found out that you were probably so used to it, you just let it roll off your shoulders and don't even bother anymore. <laughs> no, I don't give a shit how people say it. I mean, I, I, I honestly, if people say the guitar, Ibanez, whatever, I'm like, I'm not going to, you know, whatever you want to say, it doesn't matter well, to me. At you least I mean? they make good guitars, right? Yeah. I know. I don't, and then I, and then I never hear the end of it that I don't play one. So uh, <laughs> there goes that. Or that you, you, you don't have. Yes, I, I don't. I don't. I mean, it's not that I would never, but uh, yeah, they don't make a guitar that I'm that I'm you know crazy about. I've seen some old ones from the '80s that are like, but um, like, yeah, I mean, that that shit that they got sued. That shit they got sued over was great. Those V copies and Explorer copies. Have you seen yeah, those? That's the stuff I like. Like um, those are badass. I think Tom G. Warrior had one yeah. that I've seen pictures of, and I'm like, exactly. I love that. But um, you know, currently there's just nothing that I really want from them. So, so you, th this is why you don't have an endorsement. That shit you just laid on us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If, they, hey, if, they, if they're if they're out there, <laughs> I'm in bed with someone else already with the guitars. So here you go. Uh, I think uh, I think Blake has the coolest room out of the four of us. Yeah, you can't yeah. even see it, but there's a uh, well, a lot of uh, that's great on the wall. And yeah, that's so we got we got a lot of a lot of stuff in here. Yeah, yeah, me and Dave just like a lot look like we're in mom's basement, and you look like you're in like a, a professional a, recording studio, a, a cool listening room. Yeah, you guys whatever. are basically just, you're just a few steps ahead of me. So, I'm gonna get the to landfill. Here. It'll all be, yeah, it, it, there won't be a space on the wall that isn't covered at some point. Landfill. Yeah. It's yeah. me and Dave are in the landfill, straight from the landfill. I could roll ran, landfill. You uh, guys just came back from McAllen. That was your first time playing there. Uh, for those who are listening and aren't aware with Texas geography, McAllen is deep south Texas, practically on the, the border of Mexico, I believe. It's about as far south as you can go. Uh, what was it like down there? What was the audience like? What, what do you? It was, who, who, do you want me to go? Or you want to go, Blake? Yeah, you go. I'm talking. Uh, it was. It was awesome, man. the The crowd was amazing. Like the, the venue was amazing. Um, I had actually the first time I've ever been to McAllen, and so it was, it was a really fun first experience getting down there and getting to do that. Yeah. When you're yeah. when you're that far down, people come over from Mexico because it's like thirty minute drive for them. Yeah, yeah and a lot of bands don't travel to McAllen, so they're probably starved for you know killer music. And oh yeah, they were they were really appreciative of it, and it was awesome. They were they were they had a great reaction. It was it was awesome to be down there. Yeah, in the lead up to that show, you guys were rehearsing. I won't disclose the name of the place just in case it you know i, I don't want to let people in on your secrets but you posted <laughs> on instagram i guess it's not a secret if it was on instagram but you yeah. posted uh where you were were rehearsing the night before that gig and it was here in austin and my son came running into the room and he's on his phone and he says oh my god dad fugitive is rehearsing right around the corner at such and such and i was like really and he goes, yeah. And he showed me the picture and I said, I wonder what they're doing here. And then I thought, well, maybe they're laying over in Austin so that the drive to McAllen isn't so long tomorrow. And then he tells me he thinks one of your guys lives in Austin. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, Victor, our guitar player, he lives in Austin. Okay, so it's all starting to come together. But he, he was really excited because you guys were literally five minutes around the corner from our house. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, we will. He, this guy flew into McAllen like a big baller. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> singer, singer, you know, that's the, 
beauty of being a singer you know you don't have to you don't have to be at the necessarily have to be at the the gym or the show no he usually comes to practice but i was like if you want to just if you want to just fly it in the calendar be easier and you can like you know he was working and stuff so it's like it makes it makes sense to do it anyway he got he got yeah. to get back with us so he got he got yeah. the experience i got the experience so <laughs> nice yeah, we, night yeah so how did you how did you guys meet? Obviously, you're you're from the same scene. You have bands on the same circuit, that sort of thing. So you obviously cross paths. But how did you initially meet? And then how Seth, how were you approached by Blake to be part of this new project that he was working on that turned out to be Fugitive? So uh, we had met years ago at a venue called 1919 here in Fort Worth. It was a, a small DIY venue over in the south side of Fort Worth. And then um Years later, we became closer through our friend Daniel, and uh, I had moved. Uh, I've been moving all over the place, but I had moved back to Fort Worth in 2016-ish, around that time. And um, I can't remember what, but we just started hanging out, and um, the the whole fugitive thing coming together. We were at breakfast one day in Fort Worth at a place called the Trinity College, and um, we were in the middle of COVID. We were just riding bikes everywhere. And he was like, hey, do you want to start another band? And I was like, yeah, let's 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 get after it. And so we started brainstorming it and got after it. And here we are. Yeah. Glad you did. Yeah. Oh, too. It's been awesome. We all are. I, I think I've mentioned to Blake in the past that uh, and Seth, we were talking a little bit off camera before we started this show. Um my son turned me on to power trip. Somehow I missed power trip the first go around. And by the time he turned me on to power trip, Riley, of course, had passed. And we were both like, oh, no, man. First of all, it's horrible news. But secondly, we're never going to get to see this band live. They're never going to put out another killer album. And I was thinking, man, what do they do from here? Because that band was so killer. And here is here comes Fugitive. And you guys have like exceeded all expectations that I could have imagined because I thought Power Trip was unbeatable, but you guys are really doing something special and in some ways carrying on the tradition of Power Trip, but I, I you are making it your own. And in my opinion, you're the best metal band going right now. Hey. Big Thank words. You. Yeah, I know. Love it. Thank you. That's yeah. awesome. Mason's like, you need to listen to more metal notes. No, no. <laughs> so let me let me let these guys in on our our pre-episode conversation because uh dave was texting me just wet he was just fucking wet uh <laughs> you know about about you guys about fugitive and and uh what you just what you guys are doing and i was saying that it's not it's I, I, the word i use was you're revisiting a style and i didn't i didn't go into detail i didn't i meant I, it was all positive when i you know in in me using the phrase um because and i believe that we've had the discussion with blake about um the sound uh the you know you listen to I keep. I always think of possessed and uh, seven churches, but it's it's real murky sounding when you listen to that record. And when I listen to the fugitive record, it's bright. And I hate the word modern, but it has a production that is crispier and a little bit more, you know, than you know, muffly kind of metal blade drums or what you know. Where it sounds like the heads on the drum kit are five years old, you guys have more bite than something from the era. I feel like you guys, you know, old hardcore and old thrash and old because some of your songs are not just flat out a million miles an hour. There's more of a groovy thing, dare I say, a rock and roll kind of a thing. Uh, just as far as like tempos and the way you guys are putting your songs together, does that make any sense to you guys as far as where you guys are going with even new songs you're working on now? You're not going to take go jazz odyssey on us. You know, you're going to, you're going to do, you're going to stay the course of a style. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head. I mean, the cool thing about 
what uh what we do you know and like when you know writing music now is you get to kind of take all your favorite parts of things uh from the past but without all the um all the kind of boundaries that the bands of the past had to deal with so you know like right now i mean i I was going a million miles an hour in power trip and and yeah definitely you know part of doing this band um part of the difference i wanted to have was to play a little bit slower you know and even play play fast but play like slower fast you know kind of go back into all my favorite uh you know new wave of british heavy metal stuff and kind of take it back to motorhead and and you know before it went a million miles an hour so i'd say like you know stop it like 1985 you know what i mean so maybe maybe yeah. not quite maybe not quite possessed but you know like uh you know try to like kind of get in there and because yeah like with, with power trip if you know if i went I feel like i couldn't go too slow fast because then it wouldn't seem as intense as the other songs so i like i sort of had a boundary there and uh you know, it's fun to be able to go back into that and, and do all the fast picking that I that I like going along with. And there's a lot, you know, there's a lot more space, you know, a lot more groove. And so I can kind of take stuff from the early 80s, and the mid 80s. And then I can, you know, I mean, there's also a big element of it where I'm, you know, I'm, I'm into like some of the late 80s, early 90s records from some metal bands when they were trying to get heavier and, uh, you know, experimenting with that. And I think that that seems like a little more like a modern uh angle to take uh because i think people really do still like heavy you know and uh you know there there should be an element of that i always i still i mean i always liked having heavy elements in power trip but we all like heavy stuff too i mean um it's not everything you know i think there's a there's a place for it but it, it uh you know people that i think that type of stuff can translate to any listener so i'm i'm, I'm pulling stuff from yeah like early 90s groovy groove metal type stuff you know things like you know, like when Celtic Frost was getting groovier and, you know, the stuff they did that influenced Obituary and Sepultura, you know, that whole lineage and how that's going. And then I can kind of throw in, you know, the the, the British heavy metal stuff that I like, too, and the crossover and all that. So it's like I'm having a lot of fun because, I'm, you know, one of my things I like to do is, is I just like connecting dots between sounds and bands, you know. So like, you know, finding the, the through line from, you know, Chromags to you know through Metallica, yeah, head and and all the common threads. It's like kind of fun to find things that go together that really that maybe in the past weren't put together. Um, you know, that's kind of a way I like to try to find my own way through music. You know, and it, it maybe maybe not so much reinventing the wheel, obviously, but but uh, you know, taking the, the parts that we all like or that I like, and uh, you know, maybe putting them together in a different in a way that maybe someone hasn't quite done before. You know, I don't know. Maybe that's up for debate, but that's how I see it. I don't know. How, how do you see it, Seth? I don't want to do all the talking here. No, no, that's that pretty much na- he'll hit the nail on the head with that one. Just going through the more groovy stuff, and I mean, you pretty much got it all. I think I think I can add much to that. I think one of the reasons I love it as much as I do, and I've said this to Blake before uh, with regard to Power Trip, and as I was saying earlier, I see some carryover from Power Trip to Fugitive, and some of that's natural, of course, because you've got the songwriter and the guitar player here. Uh, but one of the things that I think that that drives it home for me is the punk rock attack. There is, yeah. you know, there's, there's not a heavy reliance on blast beats. There's not, and Seth, I think your voice is perfect for what you guys are doing i i love the fact that i was trying to describe it to somebody and i said the best i could come up with is it's guttural without being cookie monster yeah there's no burp and slurp yeah you know it's not the it's not the pig squeal it's not you know it's not burp and slurp it's there's something there that i don't hear all the time like when you when you quote scream it's not really a scream it just sounds like a guy falling off a cliff or something like that <laughs> it's just like, and then there's like these little wretched little you know for for emphasis these little like vomit wretches you know and it's it's just perfect man and cause i hear some lemmy in there so it's it's raw and it's got sort of that sore throat vibe but in some way it's somehow still somewhat discernible like you can hear the words that you're singing even though the voice carries all this uh raw emotion with it and then i think some of that might have something to do with some of the hardcore influences i think that's what attracts me to fugitive is just that punk rock attack with not a lot of reliance on blast beats not a lot of reliance on cookie monster vocals it's just got 
all that just raw adrenaline attack and it's just driving boom 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 we've had this discussion before yeah where it's just like a single kick just driving this thing home and i think the vocals are perfect on top of it what would you say are some some singers that you take from is it german thrash is it i mean is it as old as the cronus and the tom warrior or is it you know some new york hardcore bands that i don't know about where are you oh, definitely some tom warrior in there living yeah. in there uh i love all the south florida death metal stuff you know right. um yeah i mean I, probably from hardcore i mean a lot of the like jason tarpy from iron age he was a big influence on me wow uh, i guess i go on and on and on but yeah, I guess those would be the big ones. Tarby was a big one for me. Like when and I remember you guys, like, oh. are, are you guys close? Were you guys friendly? And did you Tarpy? pick up? Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say we're, we're close by any means, oh, okay. but I, you know, I'm, I'm quite, I'm not saying quite younger than him, but when he was, he was coming out, I was, I was a younger kid. So you when I'm watching him, I was like, oh man, this is incredible. You know? That's cool that you picked up, yeah. picked up on some, uh, somebody who was local. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that that's really cool too. Um, yeah, the, my first exposure, you know, like to that, to like that type of vocal, really. So it's, uh, yeah, Tarpy. Tarpy's far there. out. What's the yeah. first song you guys worked on together that we're familiar with that either made it to the Maniac EP or the uh, um, Blast Furnace Standoff 45? Was it, was it Hell's Half Baker, maybe? Or mm. It was one of those, right? It was like, is it a maniac or hell's that vague or something? I think we started working on first, right? You remember? Uh, it was. I want to say it was maniac. Maybe yeah. it's neutral. It was one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. We kind of did them all like in, in a short period of time over like a summer. We were just together every day, and I, I don't remember which one was first. Part of me thinks it was hell's that vague, just because of like, I feel like that one was done first. But yeah, you know, is that I don't know. Was the listener guys, the first thing I heard was Maniac? Maybe it was that. Yeah, I think it might have been Maniac. Yeah, we may we may have done that one first. They when were all got, bad, bro. When you guys were collaborating together for the first time, and you were starting to listen back to some results, was was it instantaneous that yeah we nailed it, or was it like okay we're almost there, we need to tweak this and work on that, and and if so, what were the little odd bits that you? felt you kind of had to fine tune a little more or did you just nail it out of the box? I felt like when we, when we started rolling it out, it just came pretty organically and quickly. Like the first time they're like, I mean, there was, there were some tweaks here and there, but it came quickly. Yeah. Right. Blake? Like that was, it was a, it was yeah, a pretty yeah. process. No, it was, well, it's funny because like going into it, you know, like it kind of started like, okay, let's start this band. And then I started writing, you know, music and all that, putting some songs together and, that was all going, you know, as as it would, you know, if I was doing a power trip thing. So it was kind of like business as usual. But uh, going to doing the vocals, I mean, I really, obviously, you know, I had faith that it was going to be awesome. But I just, we didn't even know. I mean, we had never really even worked together. So once we got in there and just started working, I think like, you know, I, I think just the fact that we're friends and like we communicate well and like we trust each other and all that stuff. You know, he's was willing to do what i was thinking on maybe something or try an idea and i think we just like collaborate nicely you know there's not like an issue yeah. with um you know trusting each other or delegating like decisions i mean generally i think we we just both agree when something sounds good you know and he's always down to try what i have in mind you know given you know given the fact that like maybe i have a vision for how the song is going to go based on how i wrote it or whatever like that so um you know and then like his lyrics, you know, I feel like when we when we come, he comes to the table with lyrics, like he kind of knows what um, I'm looking for and like what my, I guess, standard is. And then, you know, even if I'm like, oh, let's try something else, he's he's usually cool about it. And, you know, I, I, I like that, you know, even with something I write, like I want to show it to everybody. And if they are really excited about it, you know, that's great. If they're like, eh, you know, it's all right, then I'm totally, you know, I, I trust everybody to, to be honest with me. And, and I don't, you know, I want to, I want everybody to be happy. So. I think we just, I think we just worked well together. So when we started doing it, I was like, I mean, I knew that he had a really good voice. So when like that, that, that solves a lot of the problems, you know? So it's like, <laughs> it wasn't like, I didn't know what the voice was going to sound like. So I was like, once we started doing it, I think it kind of came together uh, pretty quickly. And I have like a little, you know, studio mini like microphone and interface and all that at my house. So we just were, 
you came over and we're just getting juiced up on coffee and like trying shit out so it was it's kind of fun because we can just record some stuff sit down listen to it take it home and then come back the next day and, and make tweaks so it really uh yeah honestly it's pretty pretty uh I wouldn't say I was necessarily surprised or anything, but we definitely went into it not really knowing how it was going to turn out. You know, this yeah. is a this is a related question. I'm sorry to interrupt, but this is a related question. That's why. Uh, anyway, um, do you feel like um, you was there ever a point, or has there been a point? Because it doesn't sound. I think I know the answer already, but has there been a point where, and you almost said it but you didn't you kind of backpedal a little bit where you write some songs and you present them to one another like you seth write some lyrics and you're like eh and you write some riffs and send them to seth and he goes eh or has it just been this like boom yeah okay cool next right um where you have to pump the brakes and kind of you know go back to go back to the drawing board and tweak a couple of things to you know without asking well what, shit how come what's wrong with it or what before you just have to elaborate on that has have you written because sometimes you know you can write a batch of songs and then give them to the singer i'm in this position all the time and you know i'll be completely fucking inspired by you know five out of ten and then i go here you go here's five of them and then the rest of them the the whoever gave them to me goes yeah what about the other five and i'm like eh. <laughs> has that ever happened to you guys because it happens you know what i mean especially if there's if you're going for something as a group i can answer from for myself yeah i've definitely have presented some lyrics and it's like all right that's way too wordy like let's let's kind of bring that one back to the drawing board and work on that one yeah so yeah that's that's happened a few times yeah it's, i mean honestly though i mean go, like kind of like i said i mean you know more mo, like most of the time i'd say about 95 percent of the time you know i think he knows what i'm looking for we generally have an night we like we'll we'll discuss how i want him to go and all that but like i mean the cool thing is, is there's not like any like egotistical thing that keeps us from moving forward on it it's like if i say that to him he's like okay yeah i'll try something else you know it's not like yeah it's not this like oh i have to be right thing you know and um no. you know, I've, been, I've been in some situations like that and i mean i think i mean the end of the day you just want everybody to like it and be happy so you know whether it was, you know i feel like so far you know the stuff i usually send the guys i feel like they're pretty pretty into but like you know if there's something that everyone i mean i can kind of tell if it's like you know if i sent something that like there wasn't like a huge response i don't know like I want everybody to be really excited about it. So I, I generally like if we're all really stoked on it, if I feel really good about it, I feel like we're all on the same page. We're all kind of into the same stuff. And, you know, if it's fun to play and when it sounds good, I think everybody likes it. But, um, you know, that's just kind of how it goes. You know, it's not always going to work out for the first time, but, you know. You hope has there been any tunes, has there been any tunes that, you know, didn't, either didn't get recorded or maybe they were in like demo form and they just didn't, they just kind of got pushed out of the side because you were writing better stuff after that. Has there been anything like that happen? I'm sure that happens all the time. It's, like that's, it's related, you know? Yeah. It's been, it's like some riffs and stuff. I mean, I don't know, maybe some riffs, but the thing is, is like, you know, for me, I, I feel like I usually just write exactly what we want what we need you know i'm not I, I was just talking to someone else about this the other day like I, i'm not one that writes like a bunch of songs and then like throws out a bunch you know like mm -hmm. are we just like, a half of them i really just try to like i just ocd the shit out of it until it's like the two songs that i need or like what we have i mean we, we haven't really had the chance to do that now i mean what we're working on right now we might you know we may end up having a song that doesn't you know work out but i i try to just you know, lay the groundwork at least to where we go, okay, this is going to be, the song's going to go like this. And, you know, he's going to be able to fill in where he needs to fill in. And I don't know, we, we're still, uh, we're kind of still in the early stages of, of yeah. being writing. So like, you know, I guess it's, it's definitely possible that we could strike out on some shit. But, but you're oh. in a really good place. It sounds like, you know, with, with the answers to these questions, just about, you know, the drawing board, it sounds like you guys are, gonna do great things together either way so i think you already have i mean the yeah. maniac ep is like I, you have to be pretty 
happy with the response to it because I think I just went to order it the other day and it was on back order. Like you can't even get it at the moment at this one particular site that you do merch off of. And I feel like I think my son ordered something one time and the backlog, you know, it, it, they even tell you oh, it'll be a few weeks because we need to print more shirts or we need to print more albums or something like that. Are you hearing any of that from from where you sit or is that just us on the customer end of things? I don't I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, what, did I hear something sensitive? Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, like. I'm very happy with it. I mean, it's it, it's weird for me because like, I was kind of doing the the power to full time, and then COVID happened, and all that shit happened, and then I kind of just like, you know, out of nowhere started this. So, and I was at the point I'm just you know thankful for everything that that's happened. So, um, it seems like it's it's taken off quickly. You know what I mean? Like, I, I I'm very thankful and very happy with with what we've been able to do, um, especially given. Yeah. Of an album, you know, we haven't even toured, but I think the way we've tried to do it is just, you know, not play too much, but um, you know, play a decent amount and get out there, and then also, you know, put out some music when we can. Um, and you know, that's what we're doing right now. We're trying to write an album, so it's like I'm, I'm trying to, um, not overstay our welcome, you know, uh, given what we've done. But uh, it, you know, it seems people are are responsive and and want to see it and are into what we're doing. I mean, I guess, I guess you could say maybe what we're doing right now is isn't being done a lot i guess so maybe yeah. that's part of it you know there's not there's there's a lot of death metal bands a lot of stuff like that but i don't know if there's a lot of like uh thrashy you know heavy metal stuff happening kind of with a active band i mean there's there's some but you know yeah I th- but uh you know I'm, i can't complain I'm, I'm i'm very happy i feel very fortunate so have you guys been offered any tours because I, 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 here I go again, but I could see you guys totally holding your own as direct support for like a, a Pantera or a Megadeth or an Anthrax or something like that. And uh, I don't know if you guys have had any offers, if the business is, if the business side of things is as aware of you as we are here in Texas. Can you speak to that at all? Or, um, I mean, it's, I feel like, Maybe it's because, I mean, here's, at the end of the day, I mean, we, we, you know, we don't have a full-length album out. So I feel like sometimes people maybe don't know if we're, like, a real deal band. I mean, they know that, like, we're a band, but, like, you know, you don't, if you're not, like, on a label and have an album out and you're not, like, I mean, we haven't even toured yet. So I feel like people maybe have kind of put together, like, oh, you know, they don't even really tour. Um, so it, they're not even worth asking. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, I don't think we, we've had, like, little offers here and there. It's- stuff yeah but nothing like too you know not, not like a, a month-long tour or anything like that yeah yeah, yeah. i want to back think, up for i think just... these guys would go good with midnight yes yeah yeah exactly yeah i i think there's a there's a wider audience for fugitive i think the world just needs to catch up and i think maybe you to your point you guys might need a, a full-length album and maybe some distribution so people are aware of it and they can find it at their local record store if anybody even goes to record stores anymore i know everyone in this room does of course they do um i want to back up a little bit blake and ask you when you when after 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 riley passed and 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 power trip was no more and then covid came along and kind of isolated everyone was there ever a point when you knew you wanted to do something new and that something obviously turned into fugitive but was there ever a point during that process where you thought about just reforming the the power trip guys and finding a different singer and maybe calling it something else and going out with the the power trip guys again or at that point had everybody kind of splintered off in their own directions or were you just hungry for something entirely new talk to me about why we didn't just see power trip resurface with a new singer uh i mean we 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 tried you know we were we actually were trying um and just wasn't happening um you know we we were kind of taking our time but we were we were we were trying to see if we could make something happen um you know we like had recorded a bunch of music and all this stuff and um i did finish working on that in the middle of the pandemic you know an album that i'd been working on for like 
you know, years. We recorded a bunch of stuff, and it just never happened, uh, you know, at that point. And um, I, I was, you know, it wasn't like we were, we had totally given up on it, but it was kind of like seeming like it wasn't really going to happen, at least at that time. So I was just, you know, I was like, in my mind, I, you know, I started just writing other stuff. You know, I think I was like, had my guitar tuned down. I was doing some other things. And then I just started writing some stuff and it was coming out. And then, yeah, like I said, we or like Seth said, we were, uh, we were just hanging out and I had kind of had the idea, like, why don't we just do something and, and see what happens? And it just sort of happened naturally. And it's, it's kind of funny how it all worked out because, you know, little did I know, like my, my good friend that lives down the street, like we could, we could just, you know, play music and do it that way. And it all kind of worked out. So yeah, you know, we, I, we definitely tried to, to see if we could make something happen. And, um, you know, but like for me, it was like, it's not worth it to, you know, do that if it's not the right thing at the time. And like, if it's not going to be, you know, as good or whatever it is. So I was just like, you know, let's, we, we gave it a shot and it's not to say that it could never happen again, but it's like, once we started this, I was like, well, this is, this is cool. And this is like a way for me to, um, you know, kind of, I guess in a way start over, but like, um, you know, get a new, new group of people around me and a new, like new inspiration for songs and, and all that, rather than just, you know, trying to, I guess, you know, be in the shadow of, of what Power Trip did. And, and especially when it hadn't been that long since everything happened. I mean, I think at this point we've, we've been, uh, we haven't played in such a long time that it's, I think people see it a little differently now, but at the time it was a little fresh. And I just think it was, you know, unless we were going to really strike gold at that moment, I, I didn't really want to try to mess with that at that yeah. point. You know? And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think at some point I just was like, let's, you know, let's do this. And then it started working out great. And, um, you know, rest is history. So things are, things are going great as, as they are with that. I but, think it's know, awesome. I think it's awesome when something like that happens, when you're just kind of like, Hey, well, let's try this. And then it it's easy and it sounds good and it feels good. And it's like, shit, we got to put this out, you know, right. because why not? So yeah. that's amazing. And uh, I guess it's kind of congratulations because it's not always, I mean, with what you went through, you know, it's not always as, you know, going to be gold the next day, you know? So it's good. Yeah, it takes, it takes a good. while. Yeah. It takes a while. I appreciate that. I think yeah. we're all very thankful that we uh, get to play together and, you know, play shows and we have a great time because everybody in the band is just friends and, it's fun. You know, I got like, that was, that was kind of the, the fun part about doing this band is I got to just go and, you know, it was like a video game. I got to just build my own band, you know? And, and, and you know, like, for example, when Power Trip started, it's not that I didn't want to play with those guys, but I was young and like, these are just the guys that I knew and I surrounded with. And like, you know, it worked out great, obviously, but being older and then having formed relationships over a long period of time and all that and getting to go, just find exactly what you want in the band at that moment um you know like hey this guy's kind of into all this stuff and this guy's you know it's, it's just kind of fun you know nothing against the bands i've been in the past it's just like it was a, it was a different experience getting to uh sort of recruit my own team you know what i mean so uh no it was really cool and i and i, I picked, a, picked a good group of guys you know it's like it's it's sort of hard to find the right group of people that are you know flexible and get along well and kind of know the same people that have been around and i was able to we were able to do that so how long have you guys known each other? Just on and off the fugitive map. As in all of us or Blake and I? No, yeah, yeah, just well, all of you and then you and you and Blake. I think I met Blake in 2009 or 10. It's around that time. Wow. Okay. And then, uh, yes, yeah, it's been a while. And then um, the rest of the guys, I mean, I've known andy i met about two years ago when the band kind of started okay. for a year and a half i guess however long it's been and then victor maybe a couple more years than that and lincoln for about maybe five six years something like that yeah so, yeah, yeah tell us a little bit about your band uh because people especially our listeners may outside of texas may not be familiar with where you come from so tell us a little bit about your band and now that fugitive seems to be up and running uh, are you going to be able to maintain that band as well? or And tell us a little bit about what your band sounds like, et cetera. Just give us a brief summary of 
uh, it's called Scourge. It's a, it's a band based out of Houston, Texas. Uh, it's just like a real dark, hardcore, infused with some metal elements and punk elements. Um, yeah, I mean, that band's been, we've been a band for almost 10 years now, and we put out a, a full length last year. It just took us long enough to do it, but put out a full length last year. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'll be able to maintain. We have some shows coming up in March. Actually, we're going to play in Austin. Uh, shoot, when is that? It's uh, March 10th or 11th, I think. So you were just you come, here. Come by, come hang out. <laughs> you just played here recently, didn't you? I think my yeah. son went to that. He said the place was packed and it was, it was, you, you were well received. And I was, I was happy to hear that you, you know, were pulling an audience outside of Fugitive. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a good time. It was a rainy night too. So it was, it was, right. a, it was really nasty out and um, it was, it was fun. It was a good time. Yeah. Yeah, and you played at the Mohawk, where you guys, uh, yeah. Fugitive, has has played some memorable shows there. And oh, yeah. the the eight hundred pound gorilla in the room is the the Power Trip reunion thing that you pulled off. I guess that was in December. Yeah, um, the place was packed. It was like the worst kept secret in town. <laughs> everybody kind of knew that um, Power Trip might get on stage with Seth singing and run through some power trip songs and of course you did it wasn't advertised but the buzz was out and uh, i saw blake a post i saw a i saw blake post something that was i was like hmm that's cryptic as fuck yeah <laughs> that's what the, well, fuck I think is the, he, the fuck is the, he trying to say right now the flyer had an executioner <laughs> and it said special guest after show or something like that yeah. so like i said if you if you're a fan and you put two and two together you could sort of surmise what might go down so it went down it was crazy dude i was there i've i've been to mohawk a hundred times i've never seen that many people there and they were jumping out of the balconies, man. You can you can see this on YouTube. It was completely insane. And so my my question is, why Austin? I thought it was interesting that you guys, being a Dallas Fort Worth area band, uh, would do your first power trip reunion in in the city of Austin. So why why did you choose Austin? And why was the time right? Well. Yeah, people people like had mentioned that, and and the thing is, is like it wasn't um, it wasn't so much that we chose Austin, you know, like really it comes down to um, you know how you're able to do something like this. So, you know, when we booked the uh, the show at Mohawk for Fugitive, it was like a Fugitive headline show. We were trying to look for bands to play, and you know, whenever we book a show, you know, you're putting together a show trying to find support bands it's like it's kind of hard because there's just not that many bands that we want to you know that we really want to play with that are even available um and one of the bands that we we thought about was or, well there were a couple different bands but one of victor's bands and victor plays in uh, a couple different bands with the drummer power trip uh, chris Olsh. so we were like i think one of them was available and they they do well in austin and they're like a cool a cool band from austin so i was like well let's get them and then once they were you know, available to play. I kind of got thinking, I was like, you know, it, it'd be kind of fun to just to do something. If, if, if Olsh is going to be there and, you know, the other guys live in DFW, it's like, you know, why not? And, uh, I mean, it's just been a while. And I, I talked to Seth about like, if he would want to, you know, sing some of the songs or whatever. And he was like, yeah, that'd be awesome. And, uh, I think it was just like the timing, like in the opportunity was there. And, uh, but that's not to say that like Austin wasn't a good, choice if there ever was one because you know like we, we've played a lot of just like fugitive i mean power trip had countless super legendary shows in austin like that were packed and you know we did like a, rec a record release show there for our, our last album and we've always played great shows in austin and had a big crowd in austin so um you know and it's like three hours from dallas so it's not like it was like you know people yeah. from dallas came down lots of our friends came down so um you know, it was just one. Of, it was like a thing where it's like we're gonna do like a little surprise appearance. It's not a real power trip show or anything. Um, and uh, I think just having the platform to be able to pull that off was important. So you know, the fact that it was a fugitive show uh, made that possible. You know, we didn't have a Dallas show at the time, so it was like um, I think that that was like the best place to do it because you know, also Mohawk is such a you know friendly venue to 
punk and hardcore and metal bands and they've always been there for us and everybody so i mean just to be able to do it there you know have have mohawk have a really good night and uh you know a lot of our friends were able to be there and i think it just worked out really well in that in that sense you know yeah what's the band what's the band that uh chris olshin and victor are in that's based out of austin that was on that bill Creaturas is their name. They were like a, and they were kind of reuniting and played in a, in a handful of years. But they play in, uh, they play in that band. They have another band called, um, well, they have a few bands. They have, you know, a band called Impalers. And then we were going to get uh, the band. What, who else were we going to get? Vasca. Vasca, yeah. Vasca is their other band. They're like kind of punk bands, DB punk bands and stuff. So we wanted to get one of them just to get some of our friends on the show. And uh, the one that was available was, was, Creaturas, and then yeah. So once Chris was in, you know, I just thought about it. I was like, well, why don't we, uh, why don't we see if we can do this something fun for the fans? That's cool. You know, we just Power Trip had just put out a live album over the summer, so yeah. uh, you know, so, we hadn't really anything to commemorate that at all. Seth, how do you feel about being asked to step in? And uh, I mean, these that are was huge, my that was my question. Those yeah, are those was, are gigantic shoes to fill. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel about the the idea? When was it was it, was it weird? Did it? Um, it was it, it was it was a kind of strange. But more than anything, it was it was an honor. You know, right. um, like you said, those are huge shoes to fill. And I, I mean, I, I kind of grew up watching Riley, you know, do his thing from when I was like a, a teenager. And so, you know, Power Trip is like a very special band to me. Always have been. And um, you know, I when whenever it all started, it kind of hit me like, whoa, like this is happening, you know, and I, I, I kind of felt like I was in the crowd myself because it was yeah. like, you know, I was, I was, I was, you know, I had the same, um, probably thought that the crowd did of just, you know, like, I'm so excited that this is back. Like these songs are being played. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was really special. When you were when, in the crowd, the crowd yeah, was yeah. all over the stage. Yeah. <laughs> when a, when a real true fan that has history with, with the band gets to stand there and be oh, a yeah. part of it all, you, metaphorically metaphysically you are in the crowd but you're also yeah. in your brother's shoes kind of thing you know yeah it's a strange yeah. it, was, it, it was a it was a very interesting feeling for sure yeah but i, I would say it was just an honor that's what it was for you me. killed it it, it, it was, killed it. It was the, amazing. the videos I mean, i've seen I'm, I'm 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 an old man i don't go out much anymore if at all but i was getting hurt just watching the videos we were i was there and it was insane man i don't think i've yeah. ever seen a crowd I, I i told people afterwards in the days and weeks afterwards i i was telling people i saw pantera in a club i saw metallica in a small theater i saw slayer in a club and those shows were the pinnacle for me of a crowd just going completely bonkers and I mean, that's back in the eighties. I haven't seen anything close to it since until that show stole the cake, man, right then and there. It was amazing. It was crazy. Yeah. And when he, he was, started jumping out of the he balcony, was talking all this shit verbatim, just hours after he left the venue, I so, was texting him going, text, dude, metal is alive and like, well. Are you driving right now? You're texting me like a 13 year old girl just got new panties at the mall. Fuck. Man. <laughs> When they started jumping out of the balcony, my son is down in that pit. And so me and my wife are texting him, telling him to get out of harm's way, you know. And of course, I know he's not paying attention to his phone or actually he is paying attention to his phone. He's down there filming the band, you know. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God, I hope nobody gets hurt because those the balconies they were jumping out of. I mean, I let's see. Let's let's just say I'm six foot tall. That's easy. I, they're easily two of me, so it's probably fifteen feet or so in the air, something like that. So Sounds good about, to me. You're talking about two hundred <laughs> pounds of dead weight coming out of the air and landing on your head or something. And then to Seth's point earlier, there was people on stage, multiple people on stage all night long. And I know that's kind of become typical at fugitive shows, but it was just off the chain when when the power trip songs were playing and, and they were and the band was up there i think it my was response crazy. was i'm so glad this is happening now yes. and then i'm so glad that there is this not even a resurgence i don't want to call it that because it sounds like it stopped you know that kind of revelry and and a glow uh, of of a room that's full of 
thrashing headbangers. I sound like I'm aging myself by saying that phrase, but it's fucking real. Uh, I re- my response was, I'm so glad because, like I said, he's texting me and I'm going, oh, my God, I'm so happy right now that this is still real and happening in Texas. Yeah, yeah. It was an eye opener, man. It was it was on. It was it was so good. I'll never forget that gig. Now, the journalist in me has to ask and and we can we can not speak on this topic if we if we don't want to. But I, I feel like I have to ask. There there was a little bit of backlash on the Internet following that show. Uh, Riley's parents seemed to be a little bit upset that there was no uh, notice given, I guess. Uh, and then as it sort of played out over the days, I think Riley's dad sort of walked it back a little bit. It sounded like it might have just been a big misunderstanding. But can you talk about you know, sort of the aftermath of that show. And then the internet was kind of going back and forth. People were taking sides, either you were, you were in, in fugitives corner and you thought it was great, or you were in the family of, 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 uh, Riley's corner and thought that it shouldn't have been done. Can you speak to that at all? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think the internet and the, the, uh, the general public kind of, you know, made that kind of put that whole thing to bed, you know, I mean, you know, first of all, it was our show and, you know, we wanted to, we, we had, we had a fugitive show. Um, you know, it wasn't a power trip show. And, um, you know, if I want to invite my buddies up there and play songs that we wrote, uh, you know, for the fans, you know, we weren't, we didn't go up there. We didn't, you know, we didn't sell power, you know, we didn't do it to make money. Not yeah. to say, you know, I don't think, I don't think it's wrong for us to be able to do that ever because, you know, we put a lot of work into that band and, you know, uh, I think all those guys deserve that just as much as anybody, but, um, you know, we did it because it made us happy and it made the fans happy. And, uh, that's why we did it, you know, and I think we did a good job with it. And I, you know, from what I could tell, it seemed like 98% of people were able to pick up on that and understood mm-hmm. what was going yeah. on. Um, you know, and as for, you know, the other side of it, uh, I think they showed who they are and, uh, I think they were dealt with by the, by the fans that know us, and know what we stood for and know what Riley stood for. And, uh, you know, for people to go out there, um, who I won't name and, and pretend like they know how Riley would feel about us playing songs that have been played in years and honoring him at a show, uh, you know, to make it seem like he was the type of guy that wouldn't want that for everybody. Um, I think it's sad, but you know, I don't yeah, really. You, have, you guys were making people. you guys were making people happy. Yeah, you know, and we're not allowed to go make people happy. Apparently, right, so right, so right. I, you know, and I think, like I said, I think, um, you know, what was said on that side uh, was pretty telling and. Uh, pretty revealing about how, you know, just, you know, how they may or may not see things. So, you know, they're allowed to have their own view of the situation and that's fine. You know, I'm not going to tell anybody what to think. Uh, and, uh, you know, I understand it's, it's, you know, there are angles of the whole situation that aren't easy for certain people, especially, um, you know, if you're close to someone. So, you know, I, uh, you know, we just want to make people happy and, uh, you know, do something that we all enjoy. So people are entitled to their own opinion. Um, but I think, you know, all I would really say is I don't think we really had to say much. I think the internet and the general public and the fans, um, you know, really enjoyed it and and were able to see what our intentions were. So, so the love, the love, the love for Riley is strong, but you know, you wrote the songs with him. So you have every right. Yeah. I mean, we all, we all we all did yeah the band. that's right pretty much you know everybody was in the band from day one except for our, our drummer chris who joined a couple of years after but i mean yeah. you know we wrote the records together i mean all the guys in the band have played you know hundreds thousands of shows and you know get gave up their life to do the band and sacrifice so much and, and, they, and they also had to endure the fallout of everything that happened the last few years and, and rebuild their lives accordingly so you know i don't really I don't feel bad about about any of it. You know, the fact that we just wanted to go up there and play songs. I mean, I think I don't 
I don't see how anybody could have an issue with that. And, uh, you know, as for like, you know, alerting anybody to what was going on, I mean, that would kind of defeat the purpose of the surprise show, I think. And, uh, you know, I think uh, there's probably certain things and certain reasons why you can't um, make certain things known to certain people. Uh, You know, maybe there's issues with communication based on, you know, certain situations that are outside of that. So, you know, there's a lot of reasons for things, but again, I can, you know, I think most people understood, you know, there's nothing nefarious going on. We just wanted to play the songs. We wanted to make people happy and have a good time. So I, you know, I think most people don't have an issue with that. Um, if they do, then sorry. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate you answering that. Um, cause I know it's, you, you kind of have to tread lightly and, and be sensitive. And I, I respect all that. Now for the people that weren't in Austin and didn't get a chance to see that, is there any hope they might see it you know, without committing to anything, is there any chance they might get a chance to see that at somewhere, you know, somewhere down the road, possibly? There's, there's probably a chance. What do you think, Seth? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, yeah, it could be, a, you know, anything's possible. There may be a chance, you know, maybe, yeah, that's a strong to quite strong, maybe. All right, okay, uh, fair enough. <laughs> Seth, we've had, we've had Blake on the show before, and uh, uh, something we ask people uh when we have them on the show is what got you hooked on rock and roll i want to i want to hear how seth how little seth got bit by the rock and roll bug what was it an album a concert a tv appearance uh, honestly the big thing for me was probably just riding in the in the truck with my dad listening to some rock music you know it was just that was a big thing you know we uh he was a traveling salesman so when i was a kid we would just drive over texas just listening to you know the beatles and Herman's Hermits, like real, real old shit. And that's probably what initially got me hooked. And then growing into my, my, uh, you know, preteens and stuff, I was, I was just constantly had my headphones on listening to whatever I could, you know, get my hands on. Yeah. So yeah. it's just, it's just been kind of like a natural progression of just finding whatever I can and diving into it. And I haven't stopped, I guess. Did Long you ever drive. pick up? Did you ever pick uh, up a, a guitar or ba- or any kind of instrument, uh, or were you just kind of singing along? I dabble and I play piano. I play a little bit of drums. I try to play guitar. It's really, I try. It's not. It's not. I don't know. It's <laughs> not piano. He's, he's a little pianist. Mm. I can I can play a little piano, but yeah, yeah. I, I just okay. love music. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And, what and record? Like, what record did you first buy? What was your first like the, full the first record? I record. ever got was uh, it was for Christmas. I think I was either, I think it was nine or ten, but it was a it's a Hank Williams CD. Far out. So yeah, that was my introduction to having a CD, and I played the hell out of that. I still love Hank Williams. Still love country music. Nice. What was the yeah. band that got you uh, into metal? Got me into metal. Man, that's a tough one. Um. I I really don't know. I'm trying to think. You, it's rare that people can't, you know, just go boom. And there spit. was just much going on when I was a yeah. kid. I was just I was just in and out, in and out. Um, I mean, there was there was stuff that was you know like there was as I lay dying when I was like 12 years old. I listened to that was one of the wow. first metal records. Um, yeah, I probably have to say something along those lines. Yeah. That was like my first introduction to like screaming, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. We always like to ask because me and Jason are old guys. And when we have guys our age on on the show, it's always the same thing. Kiss, you know, kiss, kiss, kiss. And so when we get younger guys, it's always or, fun or for me. Beatles. Kiss or the Beatles. Or or, Beatles. Yeah. 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 But yeah. when we have younger guys on the show, it's always cool for us to hear what album, you know, grabbed them as a youngster because as i lay dying albums. might be a first on the talk louder podcast well, i wouldn't i wouldn't say that's what grabbed me but I would i'm say not limiting it to that I think it's <laughs> yeah. interesting by your age you just <laughs> yeah. aged yourself you're 12 when as i lay dying yeah, yeah. Well, and he aged us too because to us well, that's big time still oh yeah new school i'm not afraid <laughs> yeah Lake, refresh our memory real quick what was the first album or whatever that got you into music into music is tough. I mean, I'm like said, I mean, you know, my dad, I mean, he was, he was showing me, you know, he, he was always, I, I mean, I, 
he was always into music. He's not like a huge, huge music guy, but he likes music, of course. He's he's an architect. He's like an art, art artsy guy. So he, of course, loves music, and he'd play me the Beatles and stuff. But I think at some point he realized that I really liked music. But I mean, he was feeding me, you know, the Who, the Beatles, you know, Jimi Hendrix. I mean, just like being a kid, and and he's showing me vi- the videos of Pete Townsend like knocking the amps over and like breaking the guitars, and Jimi Hendrix, you know, lighting the sh- the shit on fire, and uh. I think he could tell because I was into like skateboarding and stuff that punk rock was probably going to blow my mind. So he was, you know, you know, he knew about obviously the Ramones and the Clash and all that stuff. And and, and I was into it. I was, you know, he, he was right. You know, I, I, I loved the counterculture aspect of it and, and just the, you know, loudness and, and how it was so different than, um, you know, what was normal, I guess. So, yeah, you know, he's he's about almost 70. So, I mean, you know, he that's the stuff he grew up on was. Um, you know, a lot of that 60s music and, and obviously the Who and, and the stuff, like those were the big ones, I think. Um, you know, but there was like Elvis Costello, there was, um, you know, Neil Young, um, all yeah. that stuff, stuff that I still love to this day. But I'd say, the, I mean, the Beatles was the big one because me and him are both really big Beatles fans. And, and that was always just something we would just constantly listen to. And it was mysterious and weird, you know, I'm the walrus, Paul's dead, you know, all that stuff. That was like that was fun and trippy to listen to, get inspired by. But they're still the the best band for me. So yeah, yeah, a lot. You know. Last question, and we'll let you go because I told you we would only keep you an hour. Um, What can you tell us about the writing process? Where? What's the timeline on the first full length Fugitive album? Um, Well, we're actually we're getting together like tomorrow to work on a new song. So we have. I have, you know, we have, I have like tons of songs that are um, like halfway done. <laughs> I have, there's like three that I, I think we have about three that are done musically. Uh, and we've been playing like an intro live that uh, is, is sort of the intro to a new song. So we're, we, that song's like done musically. We haven't done any uh, vocals to it yet. Um, but we're working on one that we pretty much have done musically that I think is pretty primed for vocals so we're gonna work on that one tomorrow and yeah i have a bunch of material and i'm just sort of trying going through my head about how i want the album to go and how each song's gonna work out so that's that's kind of where i'm at i get a little stuck on when i'm doing a full album because i have to you know overanalyze how everything's gonna work together and you know exactly how i want to execute everything so but we have a lot, a lot of music a lot of material i probably have way more than i need for the album but i just um just going trying to go through each one and, and just finish each song um, the right way musically. And then, yeah, from there, we'll just keep hacking away at the vocals. I want to try to be in the studio. Nice to be in the studio by the summer, you know, into the fall would be ideal. You know, if we can get it all done, which I think we can. But so yeah. do you write uh, most of the, the, are you heavy lifting on the lyrics or you, you does Blake, do you write some as well? And where do you yeah, get right. Huh? <laughs> That's why I got him. I can't write lyrics. Oh, you don't write lyrics. Okay. Well, back to Seth. I can throw in a word. I can throw in a word. So we'll yeah. uh, we'll come together. I'll have a I'll have a a whole novel written out, and then we'll kind of start to dissect it and kind of kind of go over the phrasing and how we can kind of make it you know formulate into where it's it's catchy and it's it's a lot of fun. You know, we live 15 minutes away from each other, and we get together and just wow. just hang out, have a beer, or not have a beer, have some cold brew, Celsius, sure. whatever. And just kind of, you can write some songs. It's fun. Where are you yeah. getting your topic? Where are you getting your, your feelings from when you jot stuff down for ideas? I'm mostly just, you know, personal stuff or yeah. just a lot of stuff I write about is just my experience in Fort Worth or just living in the Southwest in general. Uh, I think it's a, it's a pretty fun writing topic when you kind of look around your surroundings and it's a lot of good, a lot of good content, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, good. I take a lot of tech influence from the Southwest. I think, I think, I think it's a pretty cool area to be from. Oh, it, so this begs the question: Is standoff written about any particular standoff that we'd be aware of, or is it just a general blanket statement? Uh, it's it's kind of a little bit of both. Um, it's you know it's kind of like a, a song about you know being being badass and not taking shit from anybody. But also, it's based on a factual standoff that happened in Fort Worth. I think it actually might have been the last standoff, like actual pistol duel, in in Fort oh. Worth in the late 1800s. 
Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. A little bit of a history nerd. So. Yeah. Oh, Love that's it. cool. That, that see, so that's a, that was kind of the answer I was looking for. Yeah. 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 Well, guys, whatever you're doing is working in spades as far as I'm concerned. I love it. I love everything you guys do recording-wise, and the live show is phenomenal. Uh, Anyone out there that hasn't had a chance to pick up Fugitive's Maniac EP, check that out. There's also a 7-inch featuring Blast Furnace and Standoff. The song titles alone should make you want to buy that. (laughs) And uh, and look for Fugitive, uh, you know, somewhere in the future, hopefully touring. If you're in Texas, you have a better chance of seeing them soon. But when you do get a chance to see them, you're going to be blown away. This is a killer, old school, metal, hardcore, thrash, crossover, all that great stuff. And the energy coming off the stage is always amazing. So thank you for what you do. Continued success to you both and the rest of the guys in the band. I hope to see you back here in Austin as soon as possible. On behalf of my co-host, Jason McMaster, I'm Metal Dave, along with our special guests today, Blakey Banez and Seth Gilmore from Fugitive.